The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Alex Hamill. Alex Hamill, let me give you a little bit of background on Alex. He is from Australia. He was previously a general manager, then a regional manager for Club Core, and then the VP of Food and Beverage at Arcus Golf, which is, uh, you know, before founding, I should say before founding, Innovative Club Management nearly two years ago, now on a quest to become one of the you know, the big buyers of private clubs and, and really taking it upscale for what the amenities and the things that are available to folks out there joining private clubs. They manage the Greens Country Club in Oklahoma City, which has grown by over 400 members since uh, since January. And like I say, looking to add dozens more clubs to their portfolio. And I'm excited that Alex is with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. So, Alex, I, I want to start first by, you know, getting a little bit more background on you. I, I'm curious to go back to the beginning. When did you first fall in love with a game of golf? <laughs> I think I uh, fell in love with a game of golf at a very early age growing up in Australia. It was interesting to hear that you had a, you know, Mark prior to, to me being on, being from South uh, South Africa. So it really shows the the international reach the game has. So I um I grew up in Australia playing golf and then uh, moved to the uh, U.S. Uh, in 2001. And and Alex, you know, when when you look back at Australian golf and the rich history that it has, well, I've been blessed to have David Graham on the show, Ian Baker Finch, not all that long ago, and there are so many great players. You know, when you look back to the Kel Nagels and the Peter Thompsons and the Peter Seniors and, and Bruce Crampton, Jan Stevenson, not to mention, you know, more contemporary guys with the Greg Normans, Adam Scott, Jason Day. And I could just go on and on with the great players from Australia. So curious to get your thoughts. Who are the players that you grew up, you know, idolizing, following and, uh, you know, trying to emulate yourself after? Yeah, it'd have to be probably the most famous of them all. It'd have to be uh, Greg, uh, Greg Norman. Then Greg was in his prime when I was going through high school. Uh, so I, I remember getting up, <laughs> getting up in 1996. I think I was 18 at the time, and getting up early in the morning, and unfortunately watching him implode on the uh, back night at, at the Masters. So I'd have to say Greg really put Australia on the map. And Alex, let's talk about your start in the golf business. Who gave you your first opportunity, and what was that like for you? First person that gave me my opportunity was uh, he's currently the COO over at Arcus Golf. So around seven, eight years ago, actually, um, was interested in going into and, and going into the in the country club business and the private club business. After being through restaurants and being a having my own restaurant company, and unfortunately, 2008 wasn't the friendliest years for opening restaurants. And then also going into hotels as well and hotel operations. I was interested to see the uh, the, the private club business model, so to speak, but also being a a sports enthusiast and playing golf, I thought, you know what, let's try and combine the two. And and Jim gave, uh, he actually gave me the opportunity 
a uh, number of years ago. And Alex, uh, you also spent some time with Club Corps, which owns and operates over 200 private clubs, you know, across the U.S. So curious, you know, from your time there, what were some of the things that you learned there and what are some of the lessons you took from there now going over to your own company and said, you know what, I can do this differently and better? Yeah, I think I think Club Corp and Arcus, they're, they're great companies. They've, they've got a niche market and they've obviously grown over the years, over the last 50, 60 years. And one of the things that I think I really noticed after sitting, working for both companies at different roles and different areas and I identifying sort of coming from a different hospitality background as well, I was I was getting to a point where we keep doing these things over and over again. We'd, we'd spend either millions of dollars in reinventing their clubs and trying to provide an experience for their members and then going to Arcus and having the same sort of playbook. And I stepped back a couple of years ago and I said, you know what, there's something missing here. We're trying to find a way to resonate with these people to get more people to play golf. And I think some of the things I say tonight may surprise some of your listeners as well on what I think will move the needle in golf. But going back to, to the first question, I just started re- uh, recognizing that members were looking for, for a different experience. They were looking for to be stimulated uh, more than just, you know, focus on golf, 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 which is important, don't get me wrong. It moves the needle in the industry. But after spending seven, eight years with both companies, I just got to a point where I'm like, we can do things better. There are a reason why people go, why the hotel industry shifted 20, 30 years ago with a boutique hotel approach. Um, there was a different, there was a reason why restaurants 10, 15, 20 years ago started doing things differently. They started looking at the market and going, hey, what can we do to re, sort of rebrand ourselves and relaunch ourselves? The whole farm to table sort of launched. And that was a huge sort of shift in the industry for 10 or 15 years. And then I, I stepped back and looked at this private club industry and went, you know what? We're doing the same thing over and over again for the last 20 or 30 years. And I think out of sort of my frustration, because uh, my frustration, I'm not trying to push the envelope and, and, and be more innovative, is what sort of, sort of forced me into a position to, to go in my own direction and starting innovative club management. It wasn't just about the service and the amenities. Innovation can, 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 be, can be a culture. Can be a, it can be how, how we treat our employees, how we, sort of re, how we build that relationship with the members. That's where innovation can also stem from. So basically, long story short, I'm rambling on here, that, that it was born out of frustration of a market that is stagnant Stale, and I hate to say it, that there's an ivory tower sort of syndrome in the industry. But the same people have been doing the same thing for 20, 30, 40 years, and they're trying to run a different playbook. They're running the same playbook, sorry, and expecting a different result. So I just, out of pure just entrepreneurship and motivation and passion, I decided to branch out on myself and, and, and form Innovative Club Management. So, Alex, to your point a moment ago, talking about things that will move the needle, I look at your tagline on your website, InnovativeClubs.com, and and it says, you're the ultimate adult playground. So, talk about what that is. Talk about what that means and how you're attempting to move the needle. Yeah. Well, I I, I think I remember reading an article recently about some of the heads of the largest golf companies in, in the country, and they were talking about how to make golf more fun. Now, we have all can recognize that over the years that golf has been stagnant and the growth and getting people to play the game has been a challenge. No one denies that. But I'm looking at this a little differently. 
the golf enthusiast and the golf purist will always be excited to play golf. But what we're seeing is forget what we're forgetting the wives, the spouses, the kids, the aunts, the uncles, the other people who aren't as passionate about the game of golf, but they want to be stimulated and be able to experience that private club um, experience, whether it be a, from, a, from a restaurant standpoint or whether it be from a service and amenity standpoint. So when we look at trying to move the needle, I think the focus, as much as golf is extremely important, and I want to make sure I make that clear, I'm not discrediting golf like it's secondary, but I think our approach needs to be different. Making golf fun, again, means making that private club experience fun again. The old traditionalist, your grandfather's country club, the dark woods, the, 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 the dark colors, and that mentality of this is a boys club is where the shift really needs to start. If we make that, that even the daily fee experience um, not so pretentious and we focus on other amenities and services that go beyond golf, that's where I feel the market needs to head. There's no reason why, for example, you can't build rock climbing walls, you can't build wave pools, you can't build bowling alleys, you can't have a different approach to private clubs beyond, you know, the list stick on a pig approach that I think the industry has sort of fallen into. And it takes someone to be able to step back and go, hey, why have you added 400 members in Oklahoma City? Well, very simple. We started, in addition to upgrading the course and providing that experience, we focused on what resonated with the community, with the members, and with the females and the ladies of the club. We're not female-friendly enough in this industry. And the sooner we embrace that, men will be happier when their wives and partners are happier. And if they've got something to do, to do at a club, that's what's going to move the needle. And, my, and that's what I'm experiencing just in meeting with other management, uh, other clubs right now and taking, on the, and taking them on as, as, as clients as well. And my capital partners, we all recognize that the industry needs a complete shift away from make golf fun. That's, I think we're missing the point. So that's where sort of my approach is a little out of the, blocks, out of the, out of the box a little bit. We're just, you know, just pushing the envelope in a different direction while embracing the golf culture, but also focusing on other, other areas. So, Alex, how do you go about figuring out? You talk about, you know, trying to understand what the wives want and what other people around, you know, perhaps which whoever has the golf interest, whether that is the husband or the wife. But how do you go about figuring out what the other, what the spouse wants and what's going to make them enjoy being a part of the club? Well, think about what, what do they do when they're outside of the club? What does the spouse do or your significant other do when, when one's playing golf? What are they going to do? Most likely have either drinks with their friends, lunch with a girlfriend, get their nails done, go do something, some sort of sport, work out, go do yoga, do, go do Pilates. Why can't you put those under a roof in a club? Why can't you put these amenities under a club so you can make people's lives easier? Instead of driving all around town trying to kill four hours, put every single stop, maybe it's dry cleaning, maybe it's getting the car washed, Maybe it's kids getting tutored. Maybe it's a, you have to have a business meeting. Maybe you need to get the nails done. Whatever it is, why can't you build those under one roof? The minute you start embracing what's beyond the golf aspect is the minute you'll start seeing families, kids, wives, husbands joining clubs because it's an all-encompassing 360-degree experience. And I think that's what's lacking in the, in the industry. And Alex, on your website, it talks about people over process, that human capital is the most valuable commodity. Talk about what you mean by that. 
Well, I think it's, 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 it's not being afraid to pay for the best talent. Two of the largest companies, and I hate to say it, that managing to a spreadsheet and not paying for the best talent and not understanding the return on investment on paying someone 10, 20, 30, 50 grand more to get the best possible person in that market pays for itself. I strongly believe in finding the best talent and put them in each club in, the, in, in, the, in their specific discipline, and you see the return coming in, their experience, their passion, their expertise, how they handle problems, how they, how they, how they relate to the members, and, and really incorporating people who are outside the golf industry. The boutique hotel industry and the hospitality industry, we need to embrace that. I think sometimes when we find we're looking for someone to fill in in a private club, for instance, we've got to find private club experience. Any 20 years of experience, I beg to differ. I would prefer someone who had no country club experience but had great hospitality experience. And that's, again, another angle that we, we really focus on is elevating the hospitality of these clubs. And I've seen dozens and dozens and dozens of clubs across the country. And that's why I'm so excited about it because the proof's in the pudding now. I've seen it in uh, other companies, and I've seen it actually with what we're building right now as well. It's, it's the one aspect, the cornerstone of what we're trying to do is hospitality, and that's where I think it's getting lost. And Alex, on the financial side, the website talks about being able to retire a club's debt and get rid of member assessments. How are you guys able to do that? Well, it, it depends on the club. Obviously, we're talking about member-owned or equity clubs where they've been mismanaged for many, many years. So my capital partners who are based out of Australia, we will look at these clubs and see, A, is it in the market we think it's great? B, can we come to a consensus and, and work with that with that uh, board to see if we're able to help and save them and sort of negotiate how we're able to take over this club for them? The members really just care about the club. If you're there to hold their hand and show them there's an out while they're all pulling their hair out, they're giving, uh, driving assessments through the roof, you've got people leaving left, right, and center, and you can't see the daylight beyond that, it's, it's going to be difficult. But that's how we, we approach it. We, we, it needs to make sense, obviously. And if we feel like there's potential upside in partnering with that board and those members, we'll, we'll explore all opportunities. And that's just sort of one aspect of what, of what our, how my company does. So, so, Alex, talk about what's the strategy? How are you going to go about growing the number of properties that you currently own and operate? Well, one of the one of the challenges we have is that the industry has been sort of swallowed up by the for the biggest players. Uh, so getting clusters or portfolios is, is a challenge right now. So on the flip side, we're on a daily basis having calls with sort of our brokers and and, and members of clubs who are calling us saying, "Hey, look, we need your help. We 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 need you to to, to come and see if you can help save our club." So a lot of the the great the exciting things I'm finding out right now is that we're getting emails and calls almost daily or every other day about people who are, are wanting us to to partner with them and they're willing to work with us. I think that's sort of the the fear of a lot of these clubs that are struggling is that they give up complete control and the the big company is going to come through and sort of sort of uh, clear everyone out and fire everyone and they're going to run it run it as lean as possible. We don't do that. We want to come in and work with the membership. We want to work on that culture and that, that loyalty the members have. So we're still aggressively looking right now for, for, for portfolios in the industry, but as, as you're aware, they're, they're few and far between right now. So at a high level, Alex, what's the vision? Like, you know, when, when you're talking to your investors or you're going around talking to club members and that sort of thing, what's the vision you're trying to let them see? So I think, I think the best 
comparison of a company that I think does a fantastic job of employee culture, customer culture, branding. I would consider I consider our approach similar to how Virgin runs their, their how Richard Branson runs his portfolio. Like if you look at that brand, it's always fresh, forward. He's pushing the envelope. The employee culture, people love working for him. His clients and his and his and love um, and his customers love the brand and they're passionate about the brand. I think that being a, a, a fresh, forward-thinking sort of operator is what was sort of separating us a little bit. Look, don't get me wrong. We're a very small fish in a very big pond and a lot of key players in there. But what I've noticed after the last few months is that people are actually noticing that, and, and, and our message is resonating where, where the industry is going. So I think that sort of answered your question in a roundabout way, but I hope that gives you a little bit of sort of context on, on sort of where we're heading. Alex, just a couple more before we let you go. But for for our listeners, you know, for someone who might be a club manager or a GM at a club or a club pro that look, is listening in and saying, you know what, hey, you know, our club could use a little help. How can they, you know, get up to date with what you're doing and and you know, reach out to you guys and and uh, you know, hopefully form a partnership or at least get some more information. Yeah, absolutely. We can go straight to the website, which is www.innovativeclubs.com. Get us on, find us on social media, Innovative Clubs on Facebook and Instagram. Um, that's probably the easiest easiest way to get a hold of us. Uh, you can see the services we provide. You can see the testimonials. Um, in the next couple of months, we've got some exciting news. We're going to be making uh, making an announcement as well. So we're really uh, really excited about about the future. And, and sort of one of the biggest takeaways that I found once word got out about what we were doing is that how many industry professionals personally found myself on LinkedIn, reached out and said, thank you for speaking out. Thank you for doing what you're doing. It's death. This is exactly what the industry needs. So as much as I may come across as going against the grain and being a little rogue, I think one of the biggest compliments I ever received when I was at Club Corp was from one of the, uh, one of the executive vice, vice presidents who accused me of being too entrepreneurial. So I sort of wear that as a, as a badge now. Um, as we move forward and grow the company. Well, Alex, that's all great stuff. And uh, I can't thank you enough for your time and coming and being a part of the show. As you mentioned, is you have a, an announcement, hopefully, you know, coming up in a couple of months. Well, I sure love for you to come back on the show and share it with us and give us an update for uh, how things are going. Definitely will. And thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Take care, Alex. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. That is uh, wow, what a, what a wonderful uh, uh, time to spend with Alex Hamill and, and listening to the great things that they've got coming up and, and doing things differently. I love the idea that, you know, kind of go, as he mentioned just a, a moment ago, going against the grain and really trying to bring everything that you could ever want in-house under one roof and keep people involved that way. I think it's a, it's a wonderful model. And uh, he's got other exciting things that they're continuing to do and, and hopefully uh, bringing on more and more properties. Look forward to having Alex back on the show and talking all about it. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. I want to send out my sincere thanks to Mark Clare and Alex Hamill for joining me tonight. Folks, please do me a favor. Give us your thoughts. Go on our Facebook page, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, and, and share your feedback with me. I, I'd really love to hear what you think. And if you've got some questions that you might want to get on the air for some of our future guests, and you can find out who those are by going on our website, nextonthetee.net, or you've got a question for someone who's already been on the show 
let me know. I'll be glad to get that question answered for you. And, uh, you know, any way you want to interact with the show, we, we really appreciate it. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with my co-host Bob Lazari and our announcer Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live online by going to Blog Talk Radio or That Show Like This One, also available as a free podcast on our on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn, Spreaker, Stitcher, our good friends over on Podbean, and we can't thank those guys enough for featuring both shows. You know, Thursday Night Tailgate featured right there in their NFL fan section, this show right there in their golf section. And, folks, on Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends to come on and share their stories about their playing days and their insights into what's going on around the league now. Plus, we highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. You can also find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com. Again, this show next on the T.net. Folks, thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you're making this show a part of your podcasting content, your golf content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friend. You've been listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why.